0: were never lost. Each name a holy word, the rocks cry out. Call out each name so to sanctify this place.
1: Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way Editor and President Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word & Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at WordAndWay.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a network of people and churches working together to spread the hope of Christ. For more than 25 years, CBF has been driven by its mission to serve Christians and churches as they discover and fulfill their God-given mission. Join the fellowship at work in long-term global missions in more than 25 countries. Join them too as they strive to form healthy congregations and support the ministers that serve them. Put your faith to action. Visit cbf.net to get connected. In this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. This episode is coming out on August 20th which is the 400th anniversary of the arrival of the first enslaved Africans in what is now the United States. For the past three years, there have been Baptist groups that have been meeting together and dialoguing and and thinking about what this anniversary could mean for racial justice and racial progress today. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, the National Baptist Convention, and the Progressive National Baptist Convention come together for these meetings called the ANGELA Project which is named for the first of those enslaved Africans to walk off that ship, Jamestown, Virginia, in 1619. One of the efforts that emerged out of the Angela Project was a 40-day prayer guide. It started July 12th to lead up to August 20th. It's called 40 Days of Prayer for the Liberation of American Descendants of Slavery. It's written by Sherry Mills and published by Simmons College of Kentucky, a black Baptist school in Louisville, Kentucky. You can still order. It's undated so you could do it at another time. You can find it on amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com. But that 40 days started on July 12th, which happened to be the last day that the Baptist World Alliance annual gathering was occurring in the Bahamas. And so with Baptists gathered from around the country, as well as around the world, on that day, we decided to have a special prayer service to start off these 40 days of prayer leading up to the 400th anniversary. And so what we're going to do in this episode is play that short prayer service, I offered the introductory remarks at the service, and then we had four different Baptist leaders who walked through that first day's devotional, as well as offered some other thoughts and remarks about what this anniversary means for us, and how we can move forward, and how the church particularly can lead in the nation moving forward. So here's the Angela Prayer Service from the BWA Annual Gathering in July. Thank you everyone for getting up early to
2: join us this morning. Before we move into the actual devotional and time of prayer, I just want to introduce a little bit of what it is that we are doing. On August 20th, 1619, about 20 enslaved Angolans arrived in Jamestown, Virginia. And that started slavery in what is now the United States. The first those enslaved persons to step off that Dutch man of ship was a woman named Angela. It's believed by many that she might have even been a Christian prior to her enslavement. And it's also quite possible that those who enslaved her professed to follow Christ. But the prayers on the decks of those slave trips across the Atlantic Ocean for hundreds of years were much different than the prayers down below. And so just as the church helped lead us into slavery, there's a very important role for the church today. And that's what gave birth to the Angela Project. It's been a three-year initiative, a collaboration between the Walker Baptist Fellowship, the National Baptist Convention of America, and the Progressive National Baptist Convention, of others. Baptist Gathering in There have been meetings in Louisville, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, Birmingham, Alabama. It was also part of the conversation in Orlando, Florida for the North American Baptist Fellowship meeting earlier this year. And these conversations have dealt with a lot of really meaty and important topics about the legacy of slavery and its continuing consequences, about convict leasing and segregation, about Jim Crow and lynchings, about redlining and governmental discrimination, about the racial wealth gap and reparations, And also coming out of that has been what we're starting today with, the 40 days of prayer. Simmons College of Kentucky, historically Black Baptist University in Louisville, Kentucky, has published a prayer guide. 40 days days—we're used to those kind of biblical numbers of 40-day prayer guides. This is 40 days leading up to the 400th anniversary of August 20th. So those 40 days starts today, July 12th. The prayer guide... You can, If you order it today, you'll have it by day of four or five. And you can catch up. They're short little things. Uh, it's called 40 Days of Prayer for the Liberation of American Descendants of Slavery. You can put that into amazon.com or artsnoble.com and find it. 40 Days of Prayer for Liberation and that will that'll pop up. So we're going to go through that prayer guide this morning. Four different people are going to lead us through that service. But I do want to know one more thing quickly that we are in the Bahamas, and I don't want us to ignore space of where we are gathering today. We are gathering on this occasion because it's 40 days out, but we are also at a, in a location just a few miles away from a slave market in downtown Nassau, that is today a museum.
3: a global concern and a global issue that ties us together. We have two apologies of leaders who were going to help us with this service that had to leave the annual gathering early, and I do want to acknowledge that and thank them for their involvement and in the work, and we regret that they are not here. Samuel Tobert uh, of the National Baptist Convention of America, President of the North American Baptist Fellowship, had to head home early. A tropical storm
2: is heading to his house, hopefully not his house, but it is heading towards his region in Louisiana, Texas, and so we, we remember all of those that are in that storm's path, and we regret that he's not here. And Timothy Stewart, of the Progressive National Baptist Commission, and pastor of Bethel, uh, had to take off an early flight this morning to take care of some, some business that came up unexpectedly yesterday. And so we regret that they are not here, but they have been very involved in the Angela Project, and very supportive of today's gathering, and we're going to help us. So here's what's going to happen, and I'll get out of the way. First of all, we're going to walk through the, the daily devotion. So the first part, we're going to have Casey Jones is going to come up. She's going to open us in prayer and then read the day's reflection. Each day has a reflection from William Stills' book, The Underground Railroad, a record. Casey Jones' book, Property Bows Fellowship. Paul Baxley, Property Bows Fellowship, will then reflect briefly on the most recent Angela Project experience in Birmingham just a few weeks ago. And then
3: we'll read the historical background section from the day's devotional. And
2: then Starletta of the D.C. Baptist Convention will read our We Are One People Declaration that is in everyday uh, devotion. And then finally, Forrest Harris of American Baptist College will read our prayer prompts for today and lead us in the closing prayer. So let us prepare ourselves for prayer and prepare for reflection. Good morning.
4: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to this very intentional and special historic moment for us here at the Baptist World Alliance. And before I start prayer, I just encourage you all to be open to have courageous ears and open hearts, and open to the spirit of God as we um, embark on this 40-day moment. So we pray. Holy and gracious God, we welcome you in this space. We welcome you in our hearts and in our minds. We welcome you in our churches and in our regions. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will move forward and that you will grant us courageous leaders. That you allow our faith to, um, to lead us past whatever fear or discomfort that, that we may experience in this journey. May this moment in time when we pause and intentionally commemorate the travesty of slavery, the bondage, of the destruction of the Immaculate Day between us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will heal, restore, and that you will be the justice, Lord. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. So each day's reflection, as Brian has mentioned, starts with an excerpt from Wales Steele's book, The Underground Railroad, a record. Still was an enslaved child, but because of his bravery of his mother, they were able to flee the bondage of slavery. As an adult, William Still committed his life to assisting black bond servants to freedom through the Underground Railroad in the 1800s. It is estimated that he assisted over 800 enslaved persons in their quest for freedom. Still, Dr. Still documented the stories of newly freed people and published his record after the Civil War. Here is this morning's exit. Harry's exit was in November 1853. He was owned by Charles Johnson, who lived in Elton, Maryland. The affliction of a severe clogging from the hand of his master awakened Harry to consider the importance of, his, of the Underground Railroad. Perry had the misfortune to let a load of powder upset, about which his master became exasperated, and in his agitated state of mind, he succeeded in affixing a number of very ugly, stationary marks on Perry's back. However, this was no new thing. Indeed, he had suffered at the hands of his mistress even far more keenly than from these ugly marks. He had but one eye, the other had been deprived of by a terrible stroke, with a cowhide in the hand of his mistress. This lady he pronounced to be a perfect savage, and added that she was in the habit of cowhiding any of her slaves whenever she felt like it, she felt like it which was quite often. Harry was about 28 years of age, and a
5: man of promise. On the day that our Cooperative Baptist Fellowship General Assembly opened in Birmingham, Alabama, it was our privilege
3: to host the third gathering of the annual project. Brian has already
5: told you that the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship has joined with National
3: Baptist and Progressive Baptist in Simmons College of Kentucky in this
5: three-year journey that has been the Angela Project to prepare us for this summer's observance of the 400th anniversary of black enslavement in America. The way I see it, our role in the Cooperative of Fellowship has been to journey alongside and be led by our black brothers and sisters as we prepare to mark this enslavement. Too often in these kinds of gatherings, we, white Christians, have presumed to take a leadership role for which we are not prepared and which we have handled irresponsibly. So the angel Project has given us an opportunity to not just journey with our black back sisters or brothers in Christ, but be led by them and asking questions we would not have otherwise asked. And hearing truth that we might have conveniently avoided, and in so doing perpetuate the patterns of prejudice and injustice that have held people made in God's image in bondage far too long. Our third Angela Project gathering was held in the sanctuary of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And so we gathered in that space for a half century earlier, four beautiful young girls had lost their lives in an act of horrific prejudice and violence. I have prepared our governing board for the experience by saying that if the third gathering was successful we would feel uncomfortable we would be challenged it fell my responsibility to bring a greeting on behalf of Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at the opening of that afternoon so there I stood an almost 50 year old preacher in the pulpit of the 16th Street Baptist Church to bring a greeting, And my prophecy came true. I felt uncomfortable. Because I recognized the role that people who look like me had play in the history of injustice that brought us to that point. And so all I could think to do was quote Dr. King's funeral oration at the funeral of three of the four young women who lost their lives. When he articulated the prayer that is my prayer for me and for cooperative Baptists and for all of us as we make this journey, that the, the blood of those young girls would at some day, at some point, awaken the conscience of white America, and particularly of the white church. As we were in that room that afternoon, we heard testimony not just about the beginnings of enslavement, but the way enslavement had been perpetuated by practices like redlining, We hear testimonies about the way the white church has perpetuated injustice and bondage. And the spirit continues to trouble our consciences by asking us the question, how are we being called to speak differently and act differently and relate differently so that the devastations of many generations can be repaired? Not just by pulpit swaps and photo ops and good feelings and chicken dips, but by what John the Baptist described as fruit and worthy of repentance. So that the prophecy of Isaiah might come true, and the devastations of many generations might be repaired. The second part of each day's reflection is a short piece of historical background. Here's today's reading. Understanding the devastation of slavery. The first 19 or so Africans to reach the English colonies in Jamestown, Virginia in 1619 were bought by Dutch traders who had seized them from a captured Spanish slave ship. Chattel slavery was the American system for the enslavement of Africans. Slavery was structured as an involuntary servitude where individuals of African descent became the personal property of another and could be bought, sold, or traded. In chattel slavery, its slave status was passed to succeeding generations. By contrast, indentured servants were often Europeans who voluntarily sold their labor or had their labor sold by others for a certain number of years to pay a debt. Indentured servitude did not hold lifelong status. and was not inherited by children.
4: Each day, the reading includes this prayer declaration in which participants are to add their name and state. Since we are here from across the United States, we will, in honor of Angela and other first enslaved Africans, refer to Jamestown, Virginia. We are the voice of one that cryeth in Jamestown, Virginia. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in Jamestown a highway for our God. Every valley in Jamestown shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill in Jamestown shall be brought low. The crooked places in Jamestown shall be made straight. And the rough places shall be made smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed in Jamestown, Virginia. And all of Jamestown and all nations shall see it together. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it, has spread together. Heaven is on. We both claim and proclaim your prophecy that is written in Genesis 15. Your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land. They will be slaves there and will be treated cruelly for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And when they leave that foreign land, they will take great wealth with them. Heavenly Father, make us one, just as you and the Lord Jesus our one heavenly Father, increase our numbers
3: and gather your
4: people, and pray. Let the Holy Spirit move freely, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall accomplish it. In Jesus'
3: name. Amen. And now we close with the three prayers, props. Given each day
0: for this 40 day devotion. As we pray, let us consider the prayers of the enslaved as they lay on the slave ship, stored, chained together, and stored like cargo for months. On an unknown journey that was thousands of miles long, the bodies of the enslaved died in the middle passage, but thrown into the Atlantic Ocean. Let us imagine the prayers of the enslaved as they pled for freedom. Following the North Star, despite the threats of lynching, beating, mutilation, and death. Let us call out the names of the enslaved who we were
3: highlighted in today's readings from the Underground Railroad, William and Harry, as
0: well as Angela. And remember their who still experience systemic racial oppression caused by the social engineering of the state trip. At the Lincoln Memorial in Montgomery, Alabama there is an indication that I was moved to Consciousness, as I read what was spoken by the winds, and it reads, "Your names were never lost. Each name, a holy word. The rocks cry out, call out each name, so." To sanctify this place, sounds in human voices, silver or soil or moans or song. Mighty, you will find us here, divine. You will find us here where you left us, but not as you left us. I stand as a descendant of the word that has come to us from the winds, the names of those who. Slaves. Lost their futures, but not a future that could not perpetuate itself beyond their demise. We are descendants of slaves, slaves and slaves owners. And it seems to me appropriate, in terms of closing this, this this part of this forty-day prayer devotion baptism, black and white coming together. Yeah. To affirm the deep part of ourselves, because that part is a part of those who lost their lives on the snapshot. To cease having any separation of what happened on that historic moment, that ship, that suffering, the cries, the moans, the groans, to cease to say it was them and not us. (laughs) To cease to say that that was history, but is now not being repeated. And new forms of modernization, lynching, slavery, prejudice, power. For we continue to commit treason against the very idea of the Omega Day. Mm -hmm. We allow mothers and children seeking a better life to cross into a place of freedom and opportunity, and we are bamboozled mm. by the fears of ancient presidents. Yeah. So, our prayer today, in remembering our ancestors, is to remember that there is some tenacious power mm. that's present in the world. Yes, there is an inexhaustible truth mm. that will guide future generations toward that. Glorious day when every mountain shall be brought low, every violet shall be exalted. Every everyone will see it because the glory of the Lord Come has on. spoken.
4: Yes. These
0: horrible pasts will not be our horrible future. Yes. And yet that horrible future will continue unless we, in remembering, answer. And remembering 1619, and remembering all of those who have lost their lives, the poor girls in Birmingham.
1: Enjoy this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. You can learn more about the Baptist World Alliance at bwanet.org. And come back later this week, we'll have a special bonus episode, another Angela Project prayer service that happened Monday night at First Baptist Church in Jefferson City, an interracial ecumenical prayer service around this 400th anniversary. If you'd like to learn more about Word & Way, you can find us at wordandway.org. Don't forget to check out our sponsoring partner for this week's episode, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook and head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review to help more people to find the show. You can find easy to share links at podcast.wordandway.org. If you have any comments or feedback, you can send them to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. And if you'd like to give to support this program, we greatly appreciate it. All you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the donate button and whatever you give will help the production of this podcast as well as our website and monthly magazine.